Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Right now, Collective is fully online, so if you like the podcast, make sure to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We would love for you to join us. A lot of big things are going on at Collective, so make sure not to miss a week this fall as we will be sharing about how God is moving in our church and what is next for Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. In 2003... Two psychologists named Dr. Robert Emmons of the University of California and Dr. Michael McCullough of the University of Miami did a study on gratitude. And in their study, they asked all participants to write a few sentences each week focusing on particular topics. One group wrote about the things that they were thankful for that occurred during the week. A second group wrote about their irritations and the things that displeased them during the week. A third group wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on them being positive or negative. And after just 10 weeks, they found that those who wrote what they were thankful for were more optimistic and felt better about their lives than the individuals in the other two groups. They also found, surprisingly, they didn't didn't see this coming, that the people who wrote what they were thankful for also exercised more and had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. Today, there is a surprising amount of research on the benefits of gratitude when it comes to health, relationships, and general well-being. There are studies that show people who make it a habit to cultivate a grateful attitude actually sleep better at night. There's research that proves that people who express thankfulness are more patient and may make better decisions as a result. There's a study on couples that found that individuals who took time to express gratitude for their partner not only felt more positive toward the other person, but also felt more comfortable expressing concerns about their relationship. In other words, gratitude created more space for vulnerability in that relationship. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. And research shows that people who are thankful for helping someone are more likely to help another person in the future. Now, of course, studies such as these cannot prove cause and effect. But most of the studies published on the topic of thankfulness support a positive association between gratitude and an individual's health. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build stronger relationships. Gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions, and gratitude has a lasting effect on the brain. In other words, gratitude is a powerful thing. So why isn't it something that we really talk about? Sure, we make our kids say thank you when they receive a gift or we write thank you cards to people who come to an important event or maybe we text THX when someone sends us information that we need. But I'm talking about real gratitude. I'm talking about a spirit of thankfulness. In fact, when doing research for this sermon series, I spent a few hours trying to find sermons by other pastors that I respect to see how they approach doing a whole series on being thankful. And after searching over 5,000 sermons, I found a total of seven that were about gratitude. And listen, this isn't a shot at them. 
Collective has had approximately 170 opportunities to talk about gratitude on a Sunday morning. And this is the first time I have ever taught on this topic as the main idea. But here's what that tells me. We don't think thankfulness is a big deal. Or at least we don't think it's a big enough deal to talk about it at church. But the Bible shows us that gratitude matters. And science and psychology teach us that being thankful is good for our health and our relationships and our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So I want to take the next four weeks and dig into the topic of gratitude. That's why we're starting a brand new series today called Thankful. And I think it's very fitting that it's November 1st because today truly kicks off the holiday season and the high expectations of a cozy and festive time of year. However, for many, this time of year is tinged with sadness, stress, disappointment, unmet expectations, family drama, and so much more. But again, research suggests that one aspect of the Thanksgiving season can actually lift our spirits and it's built right into the holiday. It's expressing gratitude. So for the next four weeks, we're gonna talk about what we are thankful for, how we can express thankfulness, and more importantly, how we can build a culture of Thanksgiving so it isn't just a November thing. It isn't based on a holiday. It isn't when stores tell us that we should be thankful. Rather, it's a regular part of our lives. And the hope is that we will all see a positive impact on our life because of that. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I think this is going to be a great series for you as well, because studies also show that people who focus on gratitude usually recognize that the source of that goodness lies at partially outside of themselves. And as a result, Gratitude helps people connect to something larger than themselves, and that is often God. So gratitude is a major topic in the Bible. And a simple search will show you that giving thanks comes up 102 times in the Old Testament. And this typically refers to acknowledging the goodness of God with praise and thanksgiving. And another search will show you that being thankful comes up 71 times in the New Testament. And again, this refers to showing gratefulness and giving thanks. Now for context, gratitude is mentioned more than forgiveness, more than hell, and more than the Virgin Mary. And it comes with the same frequency of joy, grace, and prayer. So let's check out some of the references in the Bible and see what we can learn about thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So it's a desire of God that we're thankful in the ups and downs, in the highs and lows, in the good seasons and the bad. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are called to be thankful in all circumstances. So thankfulness is not contingent on anything. Colossians 3 says, always be thankful right? Being thankful isn't temporary. It isn't a trend that goes viral. It isn't a fad. It's something that we should always be. Thankfulness is constant. Ephesians 5 says, give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the the name of of our Lord Christ Jesus. Thankfulness isn't only when miracles happen, when the promotion comes through, when the test comes back negative, when the dreams come true. 
It's also when you wake up to a new day, it's for the little things in your relationships. Thankfulness is for big and small things. So here's the first takeaway for today. Being thankful is a daily habit. And this is tough. It certainly doesn't come natural to me. Like I absolutely struggle with this. And I'm guessing that you struggle with this as well. In fact, as humans, we tend to remember traumatic experiences better than positive ones. We tend to recall insults better than praise and think about the negative things more, more frequently than positive things. And this is called a negativity bias. It is our tendency to not only register negative stimuli more readily, but to also dwell on these events. So we feel the sting of rebuke more powerfully than we feel the joy of praise. In other words, we tend to focus on the things that don't happen, that we miss out on, that frustrate us, rather than the things that we are thankful for. And that's a mindset that we actually have to break. So how do we give thanks in all circumstances? How do we always be thankful? How do we be thankful for everything? Well, I think this starts with a simple question. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? I'm being serious. Ask yourself, what am I thankful for? And people feel and express thankfulness in multiple ways. Uh, They can apply it to the past, retrieving positive memories and being thankful for elements of childhood or past blessings. They, They can focus on the present, not taking good fortune for granted as it comes but they can even focus it on the future by maintaining a hopeful and optimistic attitude. Regardless of the inherent or current level of someone's thankfulness, it's a quality that individuals can successfully cultivate further. And that's what we want to do. And it starts with answering the question, what are you thankful for? So today I want to read a handful of verses from the Bible that talk about thankfulness. And I want to show you some of the topics that we're called to be thankful for. Because like I said, gratitude is a major topic in the Bible. We see it from start to finish and in regard to a wide array of themes. And so the first theme that I want to look at is this, thankfulness to God. Psalm 105 says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. First Chronicles 16 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. First Chronicles 29 says, oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Psalm 109 says, but I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. So we see over and over again that one of the ways that we give thanks is to give it to God. But one thing I love about the Bible is that it isn't just a blind thankfulness. Check this out. Psalm 118 says, I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. So one of the things that we thank God for is answered prayers. So as you wrestle with the question, what are you thankful for? Are there prayers that God has answered, both in expected and unexpected ways? Prayers from the past and prayers that God is answering right now. These are something to be thankful for. Psalm 7 says, I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Now, King David wrote this psalm. And what he's saying is that he's thankful that God is the ultimate judge and that the innocent will be free and the wicked will be punished. 
This is the reason why Christians should not fully put their faith and hope in the justice of man, right? Man's justice is flawed. We all know that, but God's is not. And while we will see injustice during our lifetime and we will experience injustice here on earth, God is just and without flaws. And we should be thankful for that. Psalm 139 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. This is one of my favorites. God, thank you for making me who I am. Thank you that I'm not a carbon copy of everyone else. Thank you that I am unique. Are you thankful for how God has made you? Flaws and all, brokenness and all, imperfections and all. Right? What if I told you that God's workmanship is marvelous and that's how he sees you? Is that something you can be thankful for? Daniel 2 says, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. Right? We thank God because he's given us wisdom. And this isn't just the passing down of knowledge. Wisdom often comes from experience. All right, here's the truth. Some of the bad things you experience in your life, the bad relationships, the bad jobs, the financial mistakes, the substance abuse, hopefully you've learned from those things and have gained wisdom because of that. Are you thanking God for what you have been through? Because now you have wisdom to end relationships before they get abusive or to save money instead of spending frivolously because you never know when you might financially hit a hard time, or you put up boundaries and make sure you don't drink too much or fall into addiction again. This is something we should be thankful for because of the wisdom we have gained from our past trials. Matthew 15 is part of the story we read last week. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. Right? We thank God for how he has provided, whether that's a roof over our head or food on a table or a job that pays bills, friends who you can count on, a church to call home, a city that you love. We thank God for providing. And 2 Corinthians 1 says this, then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Right? We thank God for our safety. I feel like this is especially important right now. So many of us work jobs that are around people or have to bring our kids to daycare. Are we thanking God for our safety? Or if you work from home and you don't have to be put in a high-risk situation, are you thankful for that? So what are you thankful for? And more importantly, what are you thankful to God for? The second theme of thankfulness that we see throughout the Bible is thankfulness for others. Romans 1.8 says, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Ephesians 1 says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Philippians 1.3 says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And Paul wrote all three of these verses. And you can tell that he made it a habit to regularly express his gratitude for the people in his life. And we should be doing the same thing. We should constantly be thanking the friends that we have who have helped us be better people, better spouses, better parents, better followers of Jesus. The people who have stood by us in the peaks and valleys of our lives. The people who are new in our life, but have brought us joy and who we couldn't imagine doing life without. For the people who encourage us, for the people who lead us, 
for the people who follow our lead. The point is we should be thankful for the people in our life. And just like our thankfulness to God, our thankfulness for others should not be contingent on anything. That's why Paul says, I don't stop thanking God for you. And every time I think of you, I give thanks. This isn't just when people do something for us. It's because they're in our lives and our lives are better with them than it is without them. So we're thankful to God and we are thankful for others. And we're just scratching the surface when it comes to things that we can be thankful for. These are just a few Bible verses. But the point is we all have things to be thankful for. So what are you thankful for? And here's what we want to challenge you to do through November. We want you to focus on gratitude. And what we actually want you to do is write down what you are thankful for. Not just think about it for a little bit today, but actually write it down. And there are a few ways that you can do this. You can write down one thing a day. Start a list on your phone, write it down in a notebook, put it on the whiteboard in your office, the mirror in your bathroom. You could even post it on social media. Now, this isn't my sweet spot, but maybe it's yours. Every November, if you are on social media, you'll see people start posting about 30 days of Thanksgiving. And while I'm not a proponent to spending a lot of time on social media, this could be a good thing to do. You could post one thing a day that you're thankful for. Now, if it involves family or friends, tag them so that they know that you are thankful for them. If it involves collective, we'd be honored if you tagged us. But post one thing every day that you're thankful for. And on a side note, it probably wouldn't be a bad time to add some positivity to social media because everything that's been posted over the past few months has just been so negative. And I don't think that's going to get better anytime soon. So maybe this is a way to bring something better to social media. Share what you are thankful for. But either way, whatever medium you choose, it's up to you. But we encourage you to write down one thing a day that you're thankful for in November. Now, if you don't want to go the one a day route, another thing you can do is take some quiet time this week and write down as many things that you can think of that you're thankful for, right? Make the biggest list possible, then reflect on that every day. I mean, I've even seen people do this where they write things on pumpkins and you can do that, right? I have friends who have lists on their phone that they add to regularly. Now, if you're interested in doing it this way, I would strongly suggest physically writing it down in a journal because research has found that keeping a gratitude journal not only helps people feel more positive, but it has positive effects on their physical well-being. Now, if you don't want to make the list alone, do it with your family. Sit down tonight with your kids and work through the things that you are all thankful for. Another thing that you can do is just search for the word thankful in the Bible and read a new verse every single day. Either way, the challenge for you this month is to ask yourself, what am I thankful for? And actually write them down. And today is a great day to start because it's November 1st and you can do something every day for the entire month. And to help you get started, here's some of the things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for a wife who is full of grace and loves me in spite of my flaws. I'm thankful for my girls. And even though being a girl dad is way harder than I ever imagined, they bring me so much joy. They're funny and they're smart and they're sweet. And they look at me like I'm a hero. 
I'm thankful for this church and the future that God has in store for us. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for the valleys that I've been through because they've helped me become a better pastor, a better leader, a better father, and a better friend. I'm thankful for good food. I'm thankful for my family and that we all somehow live within a few hours of each other after 15 years of being hundreds of miles apart. I'm thankful for pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin pie, and pretty much any dessert that can be made of pumpkin because it's better than apples. And I'm thankful that I follow a savior who loves me unconditionally because I will tell you that without Jesus, none of the things that truly matter to me would even exist. So I'm thankful. And here's the last thing that I'm thankful for. And I debated whether or not I was going to say anything about the election. I also struggled with what I would say because I've never been the lead pastor of a church during an election. So here it is. If you haven't already voted yet, you should do so. It is your civic duty. And the Bible tells Christians that they should be good citizens and have the right attitude. But here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that my hope is in Jesus and not in a political party or a presidential candidate. And over the past few months, I could point you to churches who communicate, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you aren't a Christian. And I can point you to churches who communicate, if you don't vote for Donald Trump, you aren't a Christian. But I can't find those verses in the Bible. And while we will not be amoral as a church and we'll speak to what is true, we will be apolitical because we are the church and we're not a country and Jesus is our King. And we're going to follow him and we'll figure out what that means as we interact with politics and culture and the world. But if you are sick of the tone with which people communicate today in our country from both sides, I promise you that you will find something better in Jesus. And I would challenge you to not take your cues from those extreme ends. And here's why, because that is where their hope lies. And if their politician loses, they have nothing to fall back on. This is the only way that they will have hope in this season. But we believe as Christians that Jesus has already won when he conquered death and our hope and our King is secure. So I'm thankful that my hope is in Jesus and not political parties. I'm thankful that my hope is in Jesus and not a person. I'm thankful that my hope is in Jesus and not an agenda. Because when I put my hope in things other than him, I will always end up disappointed every time. And you should vote, but your hope should not be tied to the names on your ballot because even if your guy wins, it will not fulfill you or satisfy you fully. Because while both candidates claim to want what's best for people, only Jesus truly lived that out when he chose you over himself, when he chose your life over his own, when he chose to sacrifice himself and take on your sin so that you could be free. And my hope and prayer for you is that you find your hope in Jesus and not someone or something else that will ultimately let you down in the end. And my hope and my prayer is that whatever happens on Tuesday night, whether your guy wins or loses, you can wake up on Wednesday full of emotion, but thankful that Jesus is your savior and not one of those other guys, because you know that your hope is in Jesus and no one else. 
and you're thankful for that. Let's pray. God, we have, um, to be honest, there's so many things in our life that we, we should be thankful for. Um, God, we have this tendency to overlook the little things. Um, God, we know we have this tendency to look at the bad things, the negative things, the things that hurt us and impact us in, in, a, in a bad way or ways that we don't want. But God, help us break that mindset. God, help us change that filter uh, where we take what the Bible teaches the heart and we truly begin to be thankful for the things that you have given us. God, whether that's answered prayers or God, how you've provided or um, justice. Um, God, because there's so many things that you have offered us. There's so many things that we have going on in our life that are good, that come from you um, and really come from the people we love. And God, we should be thankful for that. God, I, I just want to finish by praying for Tuesday. Um, tensions have been high for a long time. And God, the truth is we all know that Tuesday won't solve that either way. Um, and God, the reason is because we put so much hope and faith in people. God, in people who are flawed and people uh, who have sin in their life and people um, who are human. And God, we know that when we put our faith in that, we put our hope in that. God, when we give our gratitude to that, we will always be disappointed every single time. And God, I know, I know that Tuesday nights can be hard on a lot of people. But God, I pray that this year can be different because people begin to understand that their hope isn't in a candidate or a party or an issue or an agenda. God, that our hope can be in you. God, you who give us grace, you who give us peace, you who give us purpose, you who give us life, you who give us love, you who sacrificed yourself for us. You put us first in a way no one else ever has in the history of humanity. So God, I pray that we can shift our hope to you and nothing else. And God, whatever happens on Tuesday, we can walk away thankful that our hope doesn't rely on other people and their brokenness and their flaws, but in you who are perfect, you who created us and thinks we are marvelous, you who loves us. God, thank you that our hope can be there. Um, God, thank you that our faith can be there, our trust can be there, and it doesn't have to be anywhere else if we choose it to be. God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.